Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and, of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back for more physician branding, professional branding. Today in this branding series, I'm going to be building off of last week's episode, which was the four-part framework for how to communicate your professional brand. And that, of course, was on the heels of why it's so important uh, to have a professional brand, not only for you and your own success, but also for your patients, your colleagues, your employers. It's really helpful to others as well when you have a strong professional brand. So if you missed either of those things, click back to episode uh, 30 and 31. But today I'm going to get even more specific with a branding makeover. So I'm going to actually take one of the submissions that you guys have uh, sent my way, and I'm going to use it as an illustration of some things that I think are done really, really well, and some things that could be improved. Before we dig into this particular episode's content, I want to be sure to let everybody know, I'm so excited to let you know that my professional branding course, it's called the Branding Prescription, is now accredited for 18 hours, here at now, 18 hours of CME. So I really, really hope that you guys will come check out that course. I've been really thrilled to be able to offer that because I know so many of you are looking for Uh, good ways that are meaningful in today's day and age to really get that professional development, perhaps to use your CME funds. People have been asking, begging for CME. So here it is. Come check out the branding prescription for 18 hours of CME, especially if you like what you hear on this episode. For this episode, I was so thrilled to get a submission from Dr. Linda Bluestein from hypermobilitymd.com. This is a really, really fabulous website and it's very, it's well done. And I think there's also uh, um, some room for improvement, which is a really great illustration of what we're talking about here. So I love that uh, just because I think it will help not only you, Linda, but all other listeners as well, just get really, really concrete about what we're talking about. So last week in episode 31, when we were talking about the sort of the four part framework of your brand uh, identity and you describe who you are and who you help and how you help, and then how someone's life will be improved by working with you. The first thing that your landing page, your homepage, hypermobilitymd.com, should accomplish is just right away people need to know who you are and who you help. So when we land on the page right now, and we kind of scroll down, I will say the first thing is, perhaps because there's a little bit of extra space at the top, you have to scroll down a little bit further than I'd like before you can really see what I think ought to be right at the top, which is, your name, Dr. Linda Bluestein, and that you are a hypermobility disorder specialist. Then this is something that happens to everybody in medicine, right? We have so many credentials, we don't know what to do with ourselves. So when when I see you go on to describe yourself, the first thing is board-certified anesthesiologist. And as a board-certified anesthesiologist myself, I, I really sympathize here that, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of the heart of your training, right? And it's probably how you feel, your core identity. But uh, I don't know if patients or other healthcare professionals, frankly, would link these things. But I'm not sure it actually helps to really nail in, 
you know, the the core of your practice today and your credentials for your practice today. And I'm going to talk to you about where I do see that though in your podcast and where I think or in, in your website, where I think maybe you should bring it onto that front page. So after leading with board certified anesthesiologists, then it gets, I think, a little perhaps more relevant to the intended audience, which is the integrative medicine physician, former ballet dancer yourself, specializing in treating dancers and other athletes at increased risk of hypermobility disorders. So there it is. Now there's who you are and there's who you intend to treat, right? You intend to help uh, dancers and other athletes at risk of hypermobility disorders. And you have a couple things in there that really do uh, add to who you are in terms of your credentials and your personal experience, which I love. So your, your professional experience as well as your personal lived experience as a former ballet dancer. So I think that's great. I do also like how you go on to talk about the podcast, the Bendy Bodies podcast. And then I'm not sure, though, if uh, if all of the details related to um, to your to your book are necessary there, because I think the private practice part is more important. And that's all the way at the bottom. So if, if I'm understanding correctly from your website, you currently do telemedicine and you do educational services, right? And and you mean speaking in that capacity, right? You do workshops, uh, you work with other organizations, and you do education for both patients and healthcare professionals, um, I, perhaps pre-COVID times in person, now perhaps mostly virtual. But either way, those are sort of the two core things. So as far as I can tell, you're not academically oriented right now. So this website doesn't need to you know impress anyone with any academic credentials. Um, and this website doesn't need to tell people the whole history of your training and your various um, contributions, publications, and things like that, unless you really think that the patients who are seeing this are going to be especially as, you know, connected to that. If you feel like that's going to really resonate for them, by all means, you know, you are the expert on you. But that's the part that I'm looking at thinking, I would probably take that out. What I will do, though, is click over. Now, you can zoom down on this. You can continue to zoom on down um, or scroll down, rather. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to the secondary navigation under about, which is meet Dr. Bluestein. And I'll tell you what I think belongs on the front page here. As with many physicians, you've got a lot of credentials and you have a lot of things you could share about yourself. Probably a lot of things that really feel important to you because they, they took a lot of time and a lot of dedication to earn, but not all of it belongs on the top. So the first thing we see on this page is that you've been practicing medicine for over 20 years. And you've helped countless people restore function, improve their quality of life, former ballet dancer and instructor, special interest in treating flexibility athletes and others. I love this because this says short and sweet, you've been doing this for a very long time. You have helped a lot of people to do what? To restore their function, their quality of life. And as a former ballet dancer and instructor, so you're kind of bringing in that uniqueness of you. So you're not, you know, just any hypermobility disorder uh, expert. You are also someone who has lived sort of in that in the shoes of, of your intended patients. And then you go on to, uh, to talk about your speaking, and you've been on the forefront of research. You've reached, uh, written and lectured extensively, repeatedly top reviews for medical students. So I love all of this and that you're the course director and clinical faculty, but I'm not sure it's as relevant to you right now on this website. So then we get into your education. Uh, you got your MD at UCLA. That's a great place. I was on faculty there before. Um, and you were a resident at the Mayo Clinic. So those are two things that you might want to highlight. So if you were to say that you have been practicing for over 20 years, that you're, you know, trained at the Mayo Clinic, um, 
that might be relevant, just really, really short. But what I think is fascinating is kind of buried down below. You have uh, licensure and certification. You have performing arts medicine listed there. I think that belongs front and center on the front page. More so than being a board certified anesthesiologist, I think this is really unique and would really speak to your potential patients and also to the healthcare professionals and organizational folks that you uh, want to um, that you want to work with. I could be wrong here, but I don't think anybody on your website is going to care about PALS, uh, your MBME uh, status, your your Wisconsin medical license, or any of those other honors. So, um, I don't know. It's not really harmful here, but I would just be, I would just move it. I would move it um, all kind of to the bottom because I think when people are wanting to get to know you, they want to know whether they want to hire you to come give a workshop or they want to know whether they want to book a telemedicine appointment with you, right? And those things, I'm not sure really help them land there. Um, and because there is so much information, you know, we want to make it really easy for people to focus in on what's most important. So as far as I can tell here, again, hypermobility disorder specialist, 20 years, your personal background as a ballet dancer and an instructor, the kinds of patients that you have been treating, flexibility athletes, um, and you know, I think in one or two sentences, you could say something about being an internationally renowned speaker and researcher who trained at the Mayo Clinic and uh, and just like call it a day. But I would put front and center there performing arts medicine. That's really something. The other thing I noticed here is that all down the left-hand side of this page are these professional organizations, pivot dancer expert, doctor for dancers, dance specialist, a healthy Dancer, Dance Health Alliance of Canada. I mean, I'm not going to read these on and on, but you are um, a professional member of a lot of societies that add even more sort of street credibility to your specific work in this niche. So I would put that on the front page as well. And perhaps not at the top, but maybe sort of horizontally as a, a transitional bar as people are navigating down and around to see your activity here in that community. I would also probably move your testimonials to that front page because these are great talking about what it's like to work with you. So again, back to that four-part framework of who you are. We've just kind of gone over how to how to make front and center that uniqueness of who you are. And then who you help. I think you've got that articulated pretty well here. And then how you help telemedicine services and either they can hire you uh, perhaps virtually or in person to do some educational work. Those are sort of the two ways in which you help. Um, and what it's like to have worked with you. That's here on this testimonials page. And I would move that to the front page as well. I think it's fine to have its own tab because sometimes people do look separately for testimonials, but also people are in scrolling mode, especially on their mobile devices. So if your homepage can contain that information as well, I think that's helpful. Some people may never leave that. They'll just scroll through, but they'll see that and they'll read these words of other patients or their family members. And if it resonates with them, then you probably have a new patient. Now I want to go over to your services menu. So there's services is a top navigation. And there's a dropdown medical services, which is exactly what it sounds like your telemedicine and then educational services. Now, I don't know if there's a better term to use here, but I'm not sure if educational services is clear to everybody. So if you are trying to work with dance schools and other programs um, to have them hire you as a speaker or as faculty or to you know sign on for you to come do one of your training programs, I'm not sure if educational services would would have them realize what they can hire you for. So I would think about that term a little bit and whether there's something different. The other thing that I see when I scroll in, though, to educational services is I love it. Then then it's pretty clear. 
then you have informative workshops. And I love how you have listed out actual topics and who they're for. Topics for medical professionals, topics for patients and caregivers, topics for dancers. So this is beautifully done, I think. Very, very clear. Um, A lot of speakers forget to do this, right? They think that people just sort of understand what the content would be like if they hired you based on your blog or whatever else. But you really have uh, put it down here, I think, in nice detail. It's organized. It's beautiful. Really clear. And I love that. And then if I keep scrolling, lo and behold, more social proof. And this, I think, again, belongs on that home page. And it's fine to keep it here. I know that might feel repetitive, but I don't think it is. When, you know, when people are are in sort of perpetual scroll mode, you don't want for them to miss some of this most important stuff. And here you have a partial list of dance schools, programs, educators, and faculty that have participated in educational programming by the hypermobility MD. So, there might be a different way to word that sentence as well. Essentially, these are people who have hired you. And I think you could just say so. Um, You know, these are people who have booked you as an expert. They have, you know, counted on you for your unique expertise. Uh, So there may be a different way to say that um, because participated in educational programming kind of just sort of sounds like you guys were in the same place at the same time. And unless I'm misunderstanding, I think it's well worth pointing out that, some of these organizations, because, you know, their major organizations have hired you. And that is, again, lends it to your expertise. So I would put that um, similar to how I suggested with those dance specific professional societies, I would I would put it with those and with the testimonials. So as someone is scrolling through your homepage, and they're learning more and more about you, this is what's really important about you is all of that credibility and expertise in this area. So in a nutshell, obviously, Linda, only you know what's the right words for you. If I were going to describe you on your front page, I would keep it short and sweet and just hit the high points. You are a uh, a physician with 20 years of experience. You are board certified uh, in performing arts medicine, among other things. Uh, you are a former dancer and dance instructor. You are an internationally renowned speaker and researcher, and you have experience treating flexibility athletes and others at risk for hypermobility disorders. Like the end. To me, th- that's the most important part. Uh, at least, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about what would an ideal patient or client or uh, organization want to know about you. Those are the things I think they would want to know. The rest of it is all its many feathers in your cap. You obviously have had a long career of a lot, a lot of success, but I don't know if it's relevant in this context. It may become more relevant in a more academic context. So if somebody wanted you to come give grand rounds, for example, which isn't really part of your business model, but it's not bad exposure, right? Then in that case, they may want to know all of those other details, but but for the front page, that's what I would sort of really hone in on right there. That really covers who you are, and it also covers who you help. Then in terms of the how you help, uh, we've already kind of touched on that a little bit. I think the telemedicine part is clear. I think the educational services, uh, the actual services themselves are beautifully done, but I think helping people to understand that what you mean there is that they can hire you as either a speaker or a consultant, someone who gives workshops and and uh, provide sort of on-site education, or now it's virtual education. Um, I don't know if people would recognize the term. So just think about that a little bit. Maybe ask some of the groups you've worked with in the past how they would term that. Uh, That might be helpful. Plus, uh, to many people, education sort of sounds free. And since it is your business model, I think that it might be more important to talk about something that just, you know, something that's around speaking, 
coaching is perhaps the wrong word, but, but something that implies that there's an actual part of your business there. Uh, because, you know, your blog is educational and your podcast is educational and people can come check those out for free. So I think it is helpful to just distinguish that those are your professional services and your professional services include both medicine and some variety of speaking. And then the fourth final part, how people feel when they have worked with you. I think that's coming across really, really nicely in those testimonials. So again, I'd put that front and center. And I think that you have um, articulated it really nicely throughout. One thing you may want to emphasize more, because you emphasized it in your note to me, is that uh, hypermobility disorders are often misdiagnosed or people are undertreated. And so that might be something that you want to add to your language about, you know, what it will feel like is, you know, perhaps people will be diagnosed sooner, they will have less pain, they will have less uh, limited function, or whatever it will be. So that might be something to pull through uh, in your description of how people will will uh, benefit from working with you, right, what you can do for them. In summary, before we wrap, because I know sometimes it can be hard to follow this type of thing on a podcast, I just want to summarize again, the top three things um, so we've just talked about the four-part framework and how you fit into that, those four parts. Um, I want to highlight three things that I just loved about your website and three things that I would uh, focus on updating a little bit. And I'll also mention, I did not, you know, go through your entire website with a fine-tooth comb in, in, in its entirety, um, but these are some of the highlights, at least on the main pages that I saw. Okay, the uh, three things that I absolutely love. Number one, I absolutely love the social proof. You have so much on there about your unique uh, position in terms of your work with prior um, organizations, prior societies, and your testimonials, and your personal lived experience as a dancer and a dance instructor. I love, love, love that. I think it should be front and center. The second thing I love is frankly how unique of an angle this is. Or this is probably a pretty small, I think, patient group would be my guess. And I think it's wonderful that you are really speaking so specifically because, as you might imagine, a person who has uh, a, a hypermobility disorder or they are a flexibility athlete and they're at risk, they want someone who really, really, really gets it. They don't want just any doctor. They want this. And so your uniqueness there. I think, and the way that you kind of frame up your, both your training, your formal training and your lived experience and how you've really kind of niched into a very specific patient population. That's also obviously a passion of yours, I think is fantastic. You've done that so well. The third thing that I really, really love about your website is when you do get over there to educational services, I think you've done a really very nice job of breaking out your uh, speaking or your workshops. And again, a lot of people don't do that nearly as well as they should. Everybody's got a website that says book me to speak, which frankly is a good move, even if you do not do anything else, right? If you guys are listening right now, if you do want to get speaking opportunities, go ahead and just add that sentence or two to your website. It will help. I have had clients in the past who have gotten uh, speaking engagements within 24 hours of simply adding that language. And I'm not even kidding, but uh, more important is for the person who's on your website to be able to figure out what they're going to get when they hire you. And Linda, you have done that really nicely. I love how it's broken out to the different audiences. And then within those audiences, what you might be talking about. So once you've kind of massaged some of your other language, if you decide to take any of these recommendations, you know, in terms of what it will feel like to work with you, try to, you know, maybe pull that through a little bit more in those, in those three 
topic areas, but I think it's, it's really wonderfully done. So big kudos for those three things. Those are the top things that I love that I would love to see you just emphasize and, and keep on keeping like, don't get rid of any of that. All right. The three things that I would focus on is sort of, you know, updating along the lines of what we've talked about today is re- how you reorganize your bio. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, front page has stuff about you. Meeting you has stuff about you. you obviously it's your website. So there's stuff about you all over it. I would focus on reorganizing it so that the things at the front are the things most relevant to your audience. And if you do feel compelled to have, you know, your whole list of, of, you know, education honors and, you know, authorships and so forth, I think that's fine to keep there. I just would put it sort of in the back or the bottom. I would think carefully about how you want to frame your educational services. As I'm Putting together this podcast for you, it's I have not had a genius idea of how exactly I would say it. And I think it's got to be something that feels right to you. Uh, but that strikes me as an area for opportunity for all the reasons I've already mentioned. And the third final thing I will say that I have not mentioned actually yet in this podcast, so I'll just leave you with this note, is I noticed that on your uh, when I get to your website, there's a pop-up that pops up, as on many pop-ups, and it offers to join the Hypermobility MD community. And it's a place for me to put my email address. I assume that that is a newsletter subscription or something. I don't know what exactly it is, but I I think that's the point. Nobody really wants another newsletter. Nobody, no matter how great you are, nobody wants another newsletter. Nobody wants more stuff in their inbox. And it's a little bit vague um, about what exactly it is that a person will be getting. Uh, So I would recommend changing that to a specific actual thing. And I, I do think people like to get an actual thing. So they're willing to sign up for your newsletter if they're going to get, uh, you know, an ebook and it doesn't need to be long, or if they're going to get even a checklist um, or an article, uh, or maybe even um, let them know that they'll be subscribing to receive your podcast episodes. I mean, both of those basically would take you no time and really very little effort to change. But I think you might get more people opting in if they knew exactly what they were going to be getting. I'll also mention that it's best for your business if what they're getting is linked somehow to your business model. So you have a lot of great information on your blog and in your podcast, and there's plenty of things that could be in your newsletter or that you could design as sort of an opt-in freebie, but you will have a much uh, much better return on your investment of your time and your effort in creating a newsletter or, you know, consistent outreach with your email list, if the thing that people are opting in for is a, you know, an early step of something that might eventually lead them to either want to hire you for one of your speaking activities, or to hire you as a physician. If your freebie isn't really linked to those two things, then you can get a lot of people opting in because they're interested in the freebie, but not really interested in furthering the relationship, which is not in and of itself a bad thing, but you will get sort of more uh, juice for the squeeze for, you know, so to speak, if your freebie is linked in some way to your business model. Okay, that is a wrap for this episode. I hope, Linda, this was helpful to you. And I hope all of you listeners found some nuggets that you can take for your own website or even your own LinkedIn profile and apply it to how you're representing your own professional brand, both in your words and just sort of the order in which you present your information and really uh, what you include and what you leave out depending on the audience at hand. So again, hope this was really uh, helpful. Please stay tuned for even more on branding. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, super psyched to share that my 
course, the branding prescription is now accredited for 18 hours of CME. All for you over at my website, just go to courses.marjoriestieglermd.com and you'll see it right there, the branding prescription. That's it for me for today. Bye for now.